I want to make a declaration to you now. I want to tell you that God is bigger than your circumstance. My pastor, who I, I went to the city church for about 10 years, and his name was Pastor Wendell Smith, and he used to say this. He used to say, we serve a great big God, and there's a little bitty devil. However, however, sometimes we flip-flop that saying. And we think that the devil is a big, big devil. And we serve just a teeny, little, little, tiny God. We need to flip our perspective on how we see God because we need to remember that our God is big and our God is great and our God is powerful. And you know what? If you don't believe me, read the end of the book because in the end of the book, it says, we win. We win. The God that I serve is alive. The God that you serve is alive. The question that I would propose to you tonight is I believe that God is a big God. I know that there are other people in this church that I've been working with this weekend is a big God. I know that Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen, I know that they believe that God is a big God. I want to ask you a question. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe because your pastor believes? Do you believe because your spouse believes? Do you believe because your neighbor believes? Or do you believe for yourself? You need to have a personal revelation of who Jesus truly is. And I believe if you allow your, look, we can come into an environment and an atmosphere like this, and we're all worshiping, and people are getting touched, people are getting healed, people are getting set free, and you can walk out this door and forget who God is because you got life facing you. You got problems facing you. You got circumstances facing you. And you begin to think, where is God? Is God big enough for my problem? Is God big enough for my circumstance? Is God big enough for the thing that I'm going through? And I'm here to tell you tonight, if you have a personal, a personal, a personal revelation of who Jesus is. Because see, this is the, one of the, the greatest things that I believe as a Christian that we have. And I want to move this back before I knock it over. I hurt myself. The greatest thing, one of the things that I believe, you have the opportunity yourself to choose how dynamic your relationship Jesus will be. Do you know that? God did not create us all to be robots. Welcome to King's Chapel. I don't know where that came from. You and I have been given a choice. And you can choose to determine how dynamic, vibrant, fantastic, extraordinary, alive your relationship with Jesus is going to be. The passion that flows out of your pastor is the same passion that you can have in your life. You just have to determine whether or not you're going to serve him to serve him for yourself and not to serve him for your pastor, but you're going to serve him because you want to serve Jesus because you have a personal revelation of who he is. And that revelation of Jesus must come back to the word of God. Because if it does not come back to the word of God, you will live your whole life based on experiences and circumstances of viewpoint based on what happens in your life. And you'll live a miserable life 
Because you're basing everything you think about God based on yourself. And guess what? We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You need to begin to base your revelation, your viewpoint, your perspective on Jesus based out of the word of God. And we need to have this personal relation. You need to have a personal revelation of Jesus so you are not so easily moved in your life. Listen to this in Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. It says this. Now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, listen to these two questions. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I would propose these same two questions to you tonight. There are people in your life that wonder who Jesus is. But Jesus would come to you tonight and ask you, Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Is he just a prophet? Is he just some guy that we know based on history? Is he just some guy that maybe did some good deeds? Or is he the son of God? Is he my healer? Is he my deliverer? Is he my provider? Is he the wisdom that I need? Is he the goodness that, that's poured out in my life? Is, is he the, the one that wants to speak to me? You have, you have to, you have to, you have to have a firm, solid foundation, an understanding of who Jesus Christ is. Because the Bible says that he is the chief cornerstone. Not no pastor, not no ministry, not no church, but Jesus Christ. And see, Peter had a personal revelation and it changed his life. It altered his life. It altered his destiny. What about you? What about you? Having an encounter with Jesus when you come to know who he is for who, what the Bible says that he is, it will change your life. It will change the way you see things. It'll change the way you think. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change the way you give. It'll change the way you serve your family. It'll change the way you love your kids. It'll change the way you see this community. It'll change you on your job. It'll change how you see those in your life that you don't really know why they're in your life, but see, God's put them in your life for a reason, and you don't really want them there, but God has put them there because he knows he wants to use you, and yet you're still not listening. You're just like, I don't want to be around this person yet. God's like, yeah, you know what? Well, I put them in your life for a reason. They might even be a family member. But you know what? God has put you there for a reason. He wants to use you. And see, when we have a radical encounter with Jesus, we go from useless to useful. We go from no purpose to having purpose. We go from living in the pit of despair to coming out and being brought into his marvelous light. See, when you, when you, when you, Stephen Furtick, who most of us, I think, might know, he said this, and I love this quote. He says, 
we are not waiting on a move of God. We are a move of God. You are a move of God. You are a move of God in your family. You are a move of God on your job. You are a move of God in your home. You are a move of God in this community. See, God wants to take us from having a personal revelation of who he is in our lives from to the church and then taking it from the church and out into the streets, out into our communities, out into where people need Jesus. Because it's all about our Savior. And I want to encounter the kingdom of heaven. And when we encounter Jesus, we be literally begin to encounter heaven. What does Matthew 6.10 say? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? It means signs and wonders. It means miracles. It means deliverance. It means the broken restored. It means marriages repaired. It means provision. It means healing. It means direction. It means everything that you've been believing for. And when you have that revelation, guess what happens? You begin to step out and begin to believe for the impossible. Don't you? Don't you? Because there is nothing with God that is impossible. Luke 137, for with God, nothing. Say that word, nothing. Say it one more time, nothing. What does the word nothing mean? I didn't look it up, but I think it probably means nothing. And listen to this scripture, John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, to you, to you, he who believes in me, listen to this, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works, greater works. Have you read your Bible lately? Jesus did some pretty extraordinary things. Jesus walked on water. I think a lot of times we read over some of these scriptures, Jesus healing the blind man, healing deaf people, raising people from the dead, and we just kind of read these, and, oh, wow, that's cool, neat. We just kind of read it over like we're reading a magazine. Next time you read a story like that, you stop and you imagine yourself down here in town, and you imagine yourself seeing somebody walking on water. What would you do? You'd probably freak out, right? I mean, sometimes I think we just read the stories and we really don't sit and ponder. That's powerful. That, that, that's, that's something that God wants us to not only, I'm not saying that he wants us to walk on water, <laughs> but I'm saying God wants us to do greater works, amen? Now listen to this, Matthew 16, verse 15 through 18. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe, who believe. This is for you if you're a believer here tonight. And if you're not, guess what? Jesus is coming. You're going to encounter him tonight. I'm telling you that right now. You're going to encounter the love of God. If you're seeking, you found the right place tonight. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. In the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. They will speak new tongues. They will take up serpents if they drink anything deadly. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. 
I want to encourage you with something. A lot of us know these scriptures, yet we don't actually apply what we know. And a lot of times we want to do the big thing for God. God, I'll go to the hospital and pray for the dying. God, I'll go and lay hands on the person that has cancer. How about you start in your own home when your kid has a headache? How about you start when you lose your car keys? I do that. I'm telling you what, and it works. How about we start with the little things? God, I'll go to the nations. Oh, God, I can't wait to go to this country or that country and serve you. How, yo, how about you begin to go down into this city and see what the needs are, the food banks that you can serve in, the, 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 the different clubs or things that you can serve in in your, in, your, in your city. How about you begin with the little things? Come on, I believe that God is a healer. Do you believe? Do you believe? I believe that God is provider. Do you believe? There was a year where I was, and I, and I, I meant to tell you this, I apologize. I live, my family and I, we live in Washington State. We're from Washington State. And we live in a group of islands called the San Juan Islands. And we live on Orcas Island. Is there anybody here that's ever heard of that? Just curious. Wow. It's amazing. Glory. We're planting a church there, by the way, so you're more than welcome to come. <laughs> one year I was, I was up here, it was a good one, right? One year I was, I was in playing a basketball game for, for a, a fundraiser for the high school. And, uh, you know, I had a little bit of skill, nothing like my sister who played in the WNBA for 10 years, but I'm not bitter about that. Anyways, um, so, you know. I mean, she sacrificed and did everything. I just thought if I could put my tennis shoes on, I'd be really good. And that didn't really work out. So, anyways, I was in a basketball game, and we were playing, and, you know, I was acting cool and trying to relive the dream. You ever been there? Took a shot, went up, got the ball, took a move, instantly heard a pop. I turned around. I was like, who just kicked me? Like, literally, who just kicked me? Lay on the ground. It's kind of weird, like my brain's looking at my foot and the communication's happening. You know, brain waves, foot move. You know, foot move. Foot's not moving. I ruptured my Achilles. Had to call work that night. Uh, I don't know how to explain this, but I can't walk. <laughs> I want to tell you something right now. The three months that I was out of work, God provided more money than I would have made working. <laughs> And we, we even kept a record of it. I think it was something like three, I mean, three times. Now, look, living on an island, it's, 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 it's beautiful. But when, you, when we first moved there, my wife was working like two jobs, and I was working like three or four jobs. I mean, you, 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 it, it took a little bit of sacrifice to live where we wanted to live. And so for me to, to lose my jobs was a big deal. But I'm just telling you something. I believe and I've seen God's provision in my life. But I would ask you tonight, do you believe that God is your provider? See, we can say all, we believe all this all day long. I believe God's healer. I believe God's provider. I believe God's going to do all this and do all that. If we don't do anything with what we say, it's just a bunch of information. 
And, and see, God doesn't want you to just read his word. He actually wants, and this might, be, this might be something new for you. God actually wants us to do something with his word. Right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, God, I love you, but my neighbors are weird. If you say you love God and you don't love your neighbor, do you really love God? I think it's in 1 John. If you say you love God and don't love your neighbor, do you really love God? Sure, I love God. We have got to have that same revelation that Peter has. You need to believe for yourself. You need to believe for yourself. Look, as pastors, we are to encourage you. And I believe that Pastor Daniel, because, I mean, I just met him a couple days ago. I love this. Man, I love this guy, dude. He is awesome. We're like bros, you know. We go way back, 48 hours. I mean, you know. I mean, but, but, but let me tell, I, I just, I just, I really want to hit this home because I really believe this is important for you as a Christian. And I believe it's to the success of this church that you cannot believe because Pastor Daniel believes. You cannot believe because your leadership believes. You've got to believe for yourself. You've got to take a little bit of responsibility with your faith. Because let me tell you something. I came from a very large church where it was easy to ride the coattails of the anointing. Hallelujah. Right, Sam? Sam knows. He went to the same church I did. You're at church four to five times a week. You're worshiping. You're serving. You're loving. You're just, you're just living off the anointing of the pastor and the people around you. And you're not doing anything for yourself. That's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be. You need to have a personal conviction that says, you know what? I'm going to believe that God is who he says he is. And there's a lot of things that are being said about God in our world. The only way you're going to know who God truly is is if you get in your Bible. You've got to get in your Bible. And, but I want to encourage you with something because I know that we all, we all struggle with unbelief, don't we? We, we all, stop lying to me. We all, I struggled with unbelief before. I've yelled at God before. I've been mad at God before. God, is this really true? I've read your word. Why isn't this happening? Well, I believe, Lord. I want to listen to this. Mark chapter 9, verse 20. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground, and it rolled out, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. I believe. I believe. Now help my unbelief. Yeah. 
help my unbelief, Lord. And God is here to tell you tonight that you are going to make it. That you are going to make it. That you might be struggling with something and you're, and you're questioning God and maybe you've yelled at him and maybe you said, God, I don't know about God. I don't know if I believe the Holy Spirit is here to come to you tonight to tell you that he is going to help you. And you might have been crying out, God, I believe. Now help my unbelief. It all comes back to a personal revelation of who Jesus is. Your pastor will stand with you. Your pastor will pray with you. Your pastor cannot pray for you. He can't. Now, don't misunderstand me because I know that he prays for you. He prays for this church. But he cannot pray for you personally. Your relationship with Jesus is not based on your relationship with your pastor. Your relationship with Jesus is based on your relationship with Jesus. I had some, I had someone, and I'm going to, I'm actually going to close in a few minutes. So Sam, if you want to start praying, I'm almost done. I want to tell you a story and I'm going to pray. But I had a, I had a close friend of mine recently had some people leave his church. He was discouraged. And, and you know, he, it was, there was a key leader in his church, and he left, and a bunch of people went with him. And he was just talking to me, and I said, you know what, look. If those people were going to that church and could have left that easily because they were following a man, you probably don't want them there anyways. Because what happens if you would leave the church? See, my hope and prayer is that when I plan my church and however long it goes for, if I leave, the church continues on. Why? Because the church is not about me. The church is about Jesus Christ. Yes, God uses people, but it's not me. It's Jesus Christ who's inside of me. If Pastor Daniel and Karen ever leave this church, I would hope that you would continue to come because you should not be coming for a man. You shouldn't. He's your shepherd. He's supposed to feed you. But you know what? You are ultimately responsible for your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's only going to come through a personal revelation of who he is. You've got to. You've got to. You've got to have it. If you remember anything I say, you've got to have it. And I want to close with this story. Thank you for being patient. Two years ago, January 1st, so we live on an island. There's this mountain there. It's the tallest peak in the San Juan Islands. And I just decided that year, you know what? I'm going to go up to the top of this mountain. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God for my, God, what do you have for me this year? My family, the church. I was camp, we were campus pastoring at the time. God, what do you have? I, I just want to seek you. And I just felt God was speaking to me, showing me some things. Man, I felt encouraged. Next day, just kind of going through things and, Son, our son comes up to us and he's just, he's like not feeling well. He's got a fever. We're like, all right, you know, we pray, we lay our hands on him, we just be his parents and do that. And fever went break, a couple days went by, fever's still there. Like, what is going on? We go to the local doctor there and 
And uh, they just like, okay, he's got a fever. Give him Tylenol. You give him the Tylenol, fever comes back. Give him the Advil. It's just, you know, just this up and down. We're like, okay. So they're fine. Like, you should take him to Children's Hospital to see what's really going on. Took him to Children's Hospital. They ran a few tests. Now, look, we live on an island, people. What that means is it's not just I can get in my car and go drive to the hospital. I got to go wait in the ferry line for 30 minutes. I got to ride on a ferry. You guys know what a ferry is? Okay, you got to ride on a ferry for like an hour, an hour and a half. Then you got to go drive to Children's Hospital, which was like another two hours away. So this isn't like 30 minutes. This is like four hours. We hop on the last boat. I don't know what night it was, but we hop on the last boat. We get there like two in the morning. They're doing tests and they're doing all that. And they kind of come back in. They're a little concerned. And so they said, hey, look, we want to admit you. We're like, okay, all right, that's fine. We drove all this way. Can I at least get a sleep? Can I get some sleep? How do you know I'm not going to sleep in a hospital, okay? I'm just too tall. Those beds don't work for me, okay? Even the little couches they have in the, in the waiting room. Why don't you just go in the waiting room? Oh, sure, okay. I'll just put my leg up. That's fine, whatever. So we're there, and, 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 they, and they start to run some tests, and we're just like, what is going on here? So I, I started to get a little bit concerned when they took us and admitted us to the cancer ward. Exactly. That's what I said. I mean, I'm not saying this out loud, but it's it's like there are a million things running through my my son's healthy. He's never done and just like I'm just like all just just like what is going on here? And and they're totally nice. They're not rude. They're 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 doing their job. And but but you know sometimes uh, in a situation like that, you you're like you get a little okay. What's going on here? And uh, over the process of the next week and two, they just. He just kept running tests after, t- I don't know, he must have had over 10 blood draws. You know, you just like after a while, I mean, my son, he is not by any means a big kid. And I think he must have, he, he probably was down to what, 65, 60 pounds, 12 year old. I mean, dude, he was like, like prisoner of war. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it hurt. My son, man, look at it. And so here I am, strong, faith-filled man. I'm just going to be honest with you right now. Faith-filled, just trying to be. I'll never forget, it was about two weeks. We, we never left. We actually stayed in the hospital. And, and, and I'll never forget going home, I think, after about a week and a half and riding the home ferry on one night. And I went up to the top deck. I went outside. The wind is blowing. It's freezing cold. And I, I just, I broke. I, I just, I broke. It's like, God. What is going on? Broken, weeping, sobbing, and I'm like, starting to cry now. But I'm like, the funny thing was, I was weeping and crying, but at the same time, I'm looking around to see if anybody sees me. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, no, that's just dust in my eye. I'm not crying. No, no, I'm strong man of God. I mean, I was broken at that moment composed myself, went back to work for a few days, came back to the hospital, and uh, about, 15, about 15, I think it was about 15 or 16 days in, I just, I stayed up one night, all night long, and I just started praying. I just started, all right, th- you know what, that's it. Enough's enough. Enough is enough. Started praying all night, reading, praying, worshiping, journaling, scripture. I mean, just just in it. You ever been in that? You ever been through something where you're just, I am not, I am not letting off. I am, I am fighting the good fight of faith. Remember, it's a fight. 
If you've ever been in a fight, you're going to fight back, right? No, go ahead, just punch me. It's cool. Now, sometimes we need to fight back a little harder. We need to fight back a little harder. And so here I am, fighting, come back, still no breakthrough. Still no breakthrough. 20, 20 days in, just pr- I'm praying. I'm just like, God, what is going on? And that story, you know, I think it's chapter 10 comes to me where it says, in fact, I have it right here. Hold on, I gotta read the scripture to you. It says this, Daniel chapter 10, verse 10. And behold, a hand touched me and sent me a trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for, listen to this, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, Your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. Now, this is the verse that spoke to me, verse 13. The prince of the Persian, excuse me, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. I want to tell you something. On the 20th night, my son was like, no more. My son was like, no more. And we broke out the communion. (laughs) we broke out the bread of life and the blood of the lamb. And we took that communion that night. And And I'm telling you, I am not lying to you. The very next morning, my son's fever broke. And guess what it was? It was the 21st day. Let me tell you something. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, God is with you. God is for you. We serve a big God. God is bigger than your circumstance. But you personally have to have a revelation. See, I had a revelation of Jesus as the healer. Why? Because the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, it's one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And my pastor, Pastor Wendell used to say this, faith comes by hearing and 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 hearing the word of God. It's not good enough for you to just hear that God is a healer one time. You need to continually hear it in your life. And I knew based on what the word of God says that my son was already healed, was already healed. I just hadn't seen it manifest yet. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you remember anything tonight, you remember that God is faithful and true to his word. But you, you, point at yourself like this, say me. You've got to have a personal revelation for yourself. Amen. Can I pray for you guys real quick? Is that okay, Pastor? Yeah, stand up on your feet all across this place. Lift your hands to heaven. Go for it. Amen. Jesus, right now, God, I thank you for every heart, every life, every person in this place. God, I pray 
in the name of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, right now, God, you know every person in this place. God, you are the author of time. Oh. And Lord, you live out of time. And I thank you, God, Lord, that you see every person in this place. And God, yes. I pray right now, in the name of Jesus, there, there would come a new revelation of who you are in every single Holy person's God. life. Every single young person, every single senior, every single in their 40s. God, every single oh, child that's here. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that there would be a new, like an awakening in their spirit, God. And Lord, if they're facing a trial, if they're facing a circumstance, if they're facing something, God, that's too big for them, I thank you like the Bible says, what's impossible with man is possible with God. And I pray, Lord, that they would get a faith for themselves in the name of Jesus. Come on, give them a clap and a praise if you receive that in Jesus' name. Come on, shout to God. Shout to God like you just got your miracle tonight. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on, a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Come on, lift him up. Lift him up. Make some noise in the house of God. Come on, make some noise. Yes. Come on, lift your voice and just thank him right out loud. What a great word. We receive it. We take personal responsibility, God. And we thank you. We're going to close in prayer. Minister Micah, stand right here with Chanel if you're able to. I want um, Paul Hurley, come, please. Come stand here. Toby and Dee, come stand here, please. Just make a line right across the front. I want to thank Chris Bottoms. Thank you, Chris. And uh, um, where's Jay Swizzle? Come on, Jeremy. Pastor Vince's son. Just come line up right here. Hey, Paul, her, Paul, what's your name? Pearson. I got it. Thank you. Come on up here. I'm lining you all up on purpose. So here's what I want to do. We're going to close in prayer. I know we've gone over our time as it usually is. Oh, oh keep going. I want you to just lay it on these guys, man. I want to put the, put the wood into it. You know what I'm saying? Give them the wood. All right, good. We're going to lay hands on them. All right, come on. And um, in just a moment, I'm thrilled about what God, is, what God has done, what He's doing. Chris, I have a word for you and your family. Definitely don't stop now because then I'm done to like trip, fall. Somebody's going to help me up. No, I'm like, I'm like sound handicapped in a way. So if you stop, I don't even know where I'm at. This next year is going to be the most amazing year for you and your wife and your family. You have fought valiantly 
And the Lord showed me a picture of, of someone who's almost on the ropes. You know what it is to be on the ropes. It's just like one shot after another. But the Lord has sustained you and helped you. And I saw God bringing you out of that place into a tremendous place of victory. And it was like, it was like he put new armor on you and, and gave you new weaponry. An eagle, when it gets older, around your age, 40s, they either, they either, they either fly off and die or they go all the way up to the top of the mountain and they fast and they, they pull all their feathers out, all of them, every single feather they pull out. This is, this is the story of a bald eagle. If it's going to live in the next season, it pulls every feather out of its body and then it takes its beak and it beats its beak against a rock until the thing falls off. And it lies there for a period of time, which I've forgotten. You can go look. This is like, you know, National Geographic stuff. You know what I'm saying? And what begins to happen is the beak comes back and the feathers begin to come back. And after that, that bird goes through that transition, you're in a place of transition. And after that bald eagle goes through a transition, it takes off with a sharp beak and brand new feathers and that is where you are and the joy of the Lord like when you got saved and man when you got saved you got saved and God the joy of the Lord is going to come upon you and new music's going to flow and new fire and new zeal and new vision the battle's over says the Lord he's spoken to you and you're going to soar on wings as eagles <laughs> the blessing of God is headed to you in your home says the Lord. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for this amazing team. Lord, we pray, release your power upon them in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace in Jesus' name. I want some of my leaders just to come around these guys. Come on, come lay hands on them. we love you we'll hope to see you Wednesday actually I'm not going to be here you keep me in prayer I'm going to going to suffer for Jesus on the Hawaiian Islands I'm mandated to go got a conference but we'll be back going to have an amazing time revival continues Wednesday night don't miss Sunday morning next week Pastor Kirsten's going to be preaching it's going to be awesome we love you God bless you God is on the throne the devil has been defeated we love you praise the Lord